Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. Richard Lane with you on Friday, June the 14th. This week, HIV AIDS. There's a themed issue of the Lancet, which I thoroughly recommend everyone should take a look at, dated June the 15th to the 21st. And the reason it is themed is that uh, the issue will be going to the upcoming International AIDS Society meeting, which is taking place in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, from June the 30th to July the 3rd. Very much a diverse range of content in the issue, but for the podcast, we're focusing on an intriguing review, which actually represents a new movement that's happening within the HIV community, and that is at the basic science level, a collaboration which is actually looking to the future to a cure for the virus. That may sound futuristic, but it's a very real movement uh, in the HIV community at the moment. There's going to be a satellite symposium about this very topic connected to the IAS meeting in Kuala Lumpur. But for this podcast, let's hear from one of the authors of the review introducing himself. Rafik Pierre Sakali, I'm the co-director and the chief scientific officer at the Vaccine and Gene Therapy Institute in Florida. And I'm also a professor at the Oregon Health Science University at the Department of Microbiology and Energy. Dr. Sekely, many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet. You're one of the authors of an arrestingly titled review in this themed HIV issue of The Lancet. Part of the title, I paraphrase, is Barriers to a Cure for HIV. This is obviously intriguingly titled, and, and I get a sense as we look towards the International AIDS Society meeting that starts on June the 30th, I get the sense that the HIV movement is now moving towards a new phase, which is actually towards a cure, towards eradication. Is that right? It's absolutely right, and I think, I mean, that... Uh I mean, that's prompted by, I think, two, two, uh, two major uh, happenings. I mean, the first one is the realization, you know, that if, uh, if you really want to uh, get rid of HIV, uh, of course, you need the vaccine, uh, but that, again, it, it, it's, uh, it's hurt, you know, with a lot of uh, uh, obstacles and barriers. But, I mean, the other one is, is I mean, to try, I mean, to, uh, to remove, I mean, those million cells. So it's only one million to two million cells which are hiding around in HIV-infected subjects which cannot be targeted or limited by antivirals. So if we find a strategy that can, where we can reach those cells and get rid of the virus, I mean, I think, I mean, that, that will, uh, will allow us to reach a cure. So the biggest barrier is to be able to find the, where those cells are and being able to target the correct drugs into these, to these, uh, to these cells. And that, I think, is the, is the realization that now, this is now becoming possible because we understand much more about latency. We understand much more about where the virus is hiding, and hence, I mean, we can now potentially target, I mean, uh, drugs, molecules, antibodies to those cells where they're hiding and eventually eliminate them. Can I just ask you to also acknowledge where, where we've got to in this journey? Because HIV was first discussed, discovered, talked about. It's 30 years ago that we yes. first knew about HIV. It has been a remarkable journey, hasn't it? Particularly the arrival of antiretroviral therapy in the mid-1990s. That has been the most fundamental, important example of progress, mm -hmm. hasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I, I remember, you know, when I, when I started to do my work on HIV in the late 80s, I mean, 90% of people died of HIV within a few years. I mean, in 1996, with the advent of the Antivirals, now people have a life expectancy which is almost normal. They can live for 20, 25 years taking drugs. Of course, it's painful, it's expensive, but they can still live. And essentially the cure, the, the idea of the cure is, is now hopefully mean, to be able I mean, to, uh, to improve on, upon that last step. And the only way to get there 
is by removing every single cell that still is carrying a functional virus. And I think, I mean, the, the second point, which I, I think was absolutely seminal, is the, is the Berlin patient, because the Berlin patient showed that this can be done, okay? The Berlin patient showed that now... This is the patient... Able, I mean, yeah, this is the patient who had leukemia. Yeah, and there's a cell transplantation, yeah. and now that patient is cured. So the point of a cure, is, and now there's more and more examples of this, at least uh, after that there was a Mississippi baby, there was... Uh, there's two subjects that receive also a transplantation in Boston that uh, were able to show this. I heard yesterday or two days ago at another, uh, another collaboration in Baltimore at John Hopkins. So, I mean, those examples of a cure are just accumulating. So it's not anecdotal. It's, uh, it, it's happening. And, and there's the cohort, uh, the Visconti cohort in, uh, in, in France, I mean, that showed that people that have been on antivirus uh, have been treated very early in acute infection and have stopped taking treatment, I mean, there's about 15% of them who uh, don't need to take any more drugs, have not been taking any more drugs for the past few years and are still doing very well. There's no evidence of any virus coming back. So, I mean, the, all these evidence shows that a cure can be attained. That's why I mean, now we, uh, the whole field has embraced that, that, that uh, objective, and I think everybody's moving in a very positive way because I think what's great is in, this, in this endeavor now is that Everybody's working together. Uh, there's a huge collaboration, uh, networks which are being established through the NIH that involves, you know, people, uh, scientists in Europe, in Australia, in Africa, in North America. Uh, and that's, I think, it's a, it's a fantastic evolution to see how the field now has put their efforts together to uh, pursuing that objective. Whilst it is tremendously exciting that the global HIV community is joining up, joining forces to reach this ultimate goal of curing or eradicating the eradication of the HIV virus. I, I guess we can't put all our global efforts into that because the reality is a lot of people, particularly in sub-Saharan Africa, for them the issue is still getting access to antiretrovirals. So we mustn't stop getting antiretrovirals where they're, where they're most urgently needed. Perfectly right. I want to emphasize, I mean, the fact, I mean, that, I mean, I think our first objective is still a vaccine because the vaccine is still, I mean, the, the modality is going to be able, I mean, to, uh, to prevent any new infection vaccine or any preventative strategy that can uh, protect people. And, but I think what you raised as, as a point is absolutely essential. We need, I mean, I know, I mean, there's a lot of organizations who are doing huge effort there, but we, we still need to make more efforts and, uh, and the community has still mobilized in getting there. Just a little bit more on the detail. Can you just, in a few moments, just give some examples at, at, at a molecular, at a biological level, what are the main barriers that we've got to overcome if we're actually going to get on this path towards a cure for HIV? Because HIV is a very clever virus, isn't it? It often hides within the cells and it's undetectable. Yeah. There are lots of issues there. Can you just briefly summarize what the main barriers are? The first major barrier is to know where exactly the virus hides. I mean, I think there was a few very important papers, one of them from Marku, you know, that showed you know, where, I mean, where the virus hides, but there's still some controversy. There's still, I wouldn't say controversy, but there's still issues that are being raised. And I think right now what we are doing, we're doing some exciting non-human primates where, of course, in non-human primates, you have the luxury where you can necropsy the animals at different times of treatment. And now you can look at every single tissue, okay, and see whether in every single tissue, can you, which are the tissues and which are the cells 
where you can still find virus even after prolonged heart treatment. Localizing, I mean, the reservoir is still, I mean, the major impediment. But that has a second influence because, of course, I mean, the drugs are not going to be able to enter into every single tissue. So if the tissues, I mean, if the reservoir is in tissue which is unattainable to drugs, I mean, that's going to cause a problem. Uh, so that's why it's very, very important to be able to localize because that's the, the, where the, the reservoir is dying because that's going to push a whole new frontier and efforts on trying to make sure that you have drugs that can attain the virus wherever it hides. And third, I mean, when you talk about the latency, the latency come in different forms. I mean, the latency come in a form where the virus is completely silent, okay? So it's almost difficult to... To know it's uh, there, to, yeah. To, you know, it's, to know it's there. It's silent because it's embedded in region of the chromatin, okay, where, I mean, the virus is not able to replicate. And to get this virus out, okay, of where it's hiding in the chromatin, again, it, it's, it's, um, it takes a lot of efforts, I mean, to be able to do this. But there's something, in fact, now that we know that we are using different enzymes or different inhibitors that can target, I mean, the chromatin, so that's something that we are not doing at all five or ten years ago. And there's also cells in which the virus is not latent. It still replicates at very low levels, and, uh, and, but it's still invisible to the immune system. The reason why it's invisible to the immune system is because the immune system, even in a hard-treated subject that has been uh, untreated for um, many, many years, until for many years, you never reconstitute the immune system when you treat in, in hard-treated patients. And the best evidence for this is that when you, when you start treatment, the virus is able to come back. So if your immune system was still able to control the few cells that are around, if the immune system was competent enough, it would have controlled. But, I mean, so any effort that deals with eradication has to include a component where you are reconstituting immune function. And, and so you have to first, I mean, find where the virus hides so you can target drugs to this component, you have to find, uh, make the virus visible to the immune system, and you have now also to make an immune system that's fully competent. Turning just briefly again to some of the novel strategies that you propose in your paper, you talk about giving uh, antiretroviral therapy when CD4 counts are higher than perhaps the threshold that we would normally use, and you talk about gene therapy as well. Do you want to briefly comment on that? Well, gene therapy is, is, uh, has many different flavors. I mean, gene therapy first is, uh, is, is the, is, is the, um, uh, the, is the bone marrow transplantation, uh, the modification of bone marrow uh, stem cells in a way that now they are uh, uh, completely resistant to HIV infection. So that's one, uh, one area you can modify. I mean, the, you can completely replace your cells with cells that are not being infectable. The other way is, in fact, one trial where I'm involved with a company called Sangamo, where, in fact, we're not replacing the whole immune system, we're just replacing CD4 cells. This allows them to uh, reconstitute the system with functionally competent CD4 T cells that can now provide adequate health to CD8 T cells, I mean, the cells that kill viral infected cells. I mean, those CD4 T cells, what we did is we modified them in a way that those cells are not infectable anymore. So you're putting cells, CD4 cells, which are functional, which can rescue CD8 T cells, but those CD4 cells are going to be completely resistant to, to, to infection, and that, I think, is another example of 
been been a, a, a very I think fruitful chain therapy. There's other attempts where now I mean you can uh, remove I mean the virus from the sites in the DNA where it hides, and that's an effort you know that is also being even spearheaded by uh, several companies, including Sangamo, where they have enzymes uh, which are called nucleases that can cut, I mean, the virus out of where it is, and this way, I mean, get rid of the virus. But that's, again, something that, that's uh, still at, at the stage of, at the consensus stage, and I think we need to prove, provide a real proof concept there. This global quest for a cure for HIV, obviously you've set out in your paper a strategy for research, where we are now, where we need to be in the future. Impossible question to ask, I know, but if you had a crystal ball to look in the future, when could you see, given what we've known about HIV over the past 30 years, when could you see a time when uh, we, we've actually got that cure, not just for a small subset of people, but, but on, a, on a really large scale for most people with HIV? When, how far ahead could we be looking? I wouldn't think you know, that before 10 years we'd get to something that can be achieved at the population level. I mean, I think there's, there's like I told you, I mean, there's a lot of evidence now for anecdotal cases now where you see after bone marrow transplantation, after uh, in, inducing antiviral therapy very, very, very early on that you can reach a cure. There's still, but that's, like I said, it's a few cases here, a few cases there. To get now to a whole bunch of, uh, to a whole new generation of drugs or strategies that can, uh, that can get to, that can find the virus where it hides, make it visible to the immune system, reconstitute the immune system, so it can kill now those violent like the cells. I mean, it's going to take it's going to take a while, unfortunately. But at least now we have an objective. We know where to go, which was not at all the case in three years ago. We know especially it's feasible, and and so I think we and and I think what what's amazing is that really, I mean, it's a global effort, and everybody's working together on this. Many thanks in, in, indeed for your time, Dr. Seckley. It's a really interesting paper, and, and clearly a very yeah. a very exciting time for HIV research. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, that's what's driving us. I, mean, uh, I, uh, I really want to be part of this. I, uh, I really want to hopefully one day uh, be able to say that I made a big difference by contributing to the agenda. And uh, believe me, we all work day and night on, on, on hopefully reaching this goal. Thank you very much for talking to The Lancer. Yeah, thank you. And thank you all for listening. See you next time.